So our vision, and every year we look at our vision and, and look at really what, what that's about and the reason that it's on the back of the offering envelopes and pr- pretty much everywhere you look on church documents is because I wouldn't want to be involved in an organization if I didn't know the vision. I wouldn't want to be involved in a church and or a business and or if I didn't know the vision. Does that make sense? Like my all my studies are in organizational leadership, and I wouldn't want to. I'm not going to just jump in because somebody says, "Hey, let's do this." No, I want to know what it's about, and that's what that's why we do this the first of every year. So here's our four part vision: we have a mission, we have a vision, we have a purpose. The vision connects us from the mission to the purpose. We have a vision to impact future generations for for Christ. Which, by the way, next week you're going to hear. Um, I think the greatest youth pastor in the world preach, and the youth band's going to share, and we're going to see videos of the ministry that we've done to the f- the future generation. Good, you do not want to meet miss next Sunday. Please don't miss. Present Christ in a relevant way to the culture he places in. We talked about that last week. Represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. Show the compassion of Christ through action to the hurting, hopeless, and needy. So I got a question for you right now. If you're, if you're invested in Coastline Community Church, if this is your church, and that screen went blank right now, could you recite the vision? <laughs> a couple of them? That's... Okay, be quiet. I don't care if you're so old, you have a memory problem. (laughs) I'm old and I have a memory problem, but I can still recite the the vision. Oh, come on. That's bad. That's bad. But here's the thing, if I'm going to give to something, I'm going to be involved in something, and I'm going to invest in something, I need to know what it's about, right? Because for far too long, we, the, the church is really good at this, putting on a, a grand show, people come, they sit in the seats, and like, yeah, I think that's nice, it makes me feel good, and then, but I really don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but, you know what, I'm going to be a part of this. That doesn't make any sense to me. Because we are the church. And so today we're going to talk just for a second. We have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. Wow. That's strong, isn't it? Because, like, I live in, in Crystal Lakes. I live south. You may live in Cape Canaveral, or you may live in Cocoa Beach, or you may live in Satellite Beach, Indian Harbor Beach, Indian Atlantic, Melbourne Beach. I don't know. But... We have an absolute duty, if we call ourselves Christians, to represent Christ in the neighborhood He's put us in. And you can define neighborhood as where you live, where you work, your daily routine. A baseball team that you coach. A basketball team that you coach. A cheerleading squad that you lead. A fundraiser that you do. Or where you live. And we, we really feel at Coastline Community Church that we are called as a body 
as a body to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. And so, here's the deal. You, you may read that part of the vision and go, okay, all right, so we're going to do an outreach every week in every neighborhood on the Space Coast? No. But you are. Because we are the church. Think about that for a second. Think about if somebody in your neighborhood needs prayer, would they knock on your door? If somebody in your neighborhood's going through a rough time, would they know that you're good people and could put they would say, you know what, we can kind of find a safe harbor there. So let's get into this. Luke ten, twenty five through twenty seven. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is it written in the law? Question mark. He replied, how do you read it? Question mark. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew five thirteen through sixteen goes on to say it this way: You are the salt of the earth. Say, I am the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead. They put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. I just ask that you would uh, help me step out of the way and you would say to us corporately as a church and individually as your children how you would have us represent you and the place that you've placed us in. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, number one, we have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. We are the salt of the earth. Matthew 5.13 You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. So you are the salt. We are the salt of the earth. What's salt do? Okay, it's too many, too many people at once. Some of you people who never even raise your hand or say anything, what does salt do, Dana? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, salt brings flavor. Salt preserves. Right? What else does salt do? What? Melts ice. You know what? Florida melts ice, alright? We just put the ice outside. It makes you thirsty. Right? So here's a question. We as a church and us as people, are we bringing flavor to others' lives in a good way? Think about that for a second. If we're the salt of the earth, then we should be bringing flavor to other people's lives. I can't stand being around people that take away flavor. I have to do that because of my job every once in a while, but I really don't like it. 
Does the world look at you as a Christian and say, you know what, they're, they're boring. Or, you know what, they're really interesting. We've talked about this before, that stupid beer commercial with the old man with the gray beard. The most interesting man. You know what I'm talking about? I can't stand that guy, but I love him. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, what's going on with you, buddy? Um, are we bringing flavor to people's lives? Are we? Here's the, here's the most important one. Are we, by the way we're living our lives, by the smile on our face, by the pep in our step, and the joy that is overcome, are we making people thirsty for Jesus? When's the last time you really made someone thirsty for Jesus? And I'm not talking about, like, if you get paid to do ministry and or if you teach a class or whatever, all those things are good. I'm talking about everyday gas station, work, like, wherever I go, am I making, in my neighborhood, while I'm pulling weeds, why, am I making people thirsty for Jesus? It's a good question, isn't it? Because a lot of us in this room right now, we're so tied up and so wound up in just keeping our own ship on course. Which is good. The ship needs to stay on course. But at the same time, we need to remember that God has given us such a great gift in sending His only Son to die for us. We have this mystery in, a, in, in like this jar of clay. And so... We could at least, even though we're busy, even though we're important, and even though we've got things going on, at least the least we could do is be a good neighbor. Love our neighbor. Be salt. Think about, think about this for a second. The world we live in, if you do something nice for someone, they want to know what you want. Isn't that true? Like, what's in it for you? Well, I just thought I would just love on you because... I'm salt. Don't say that, because they're going to be... That's really weird. <laughs> I'm salt. Hey, I'm Peppa. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but think, think about it just for a second. Some of you are too old or too young to even get that. Right there. The rest of us, we're on course. Yeah. So, so think about... Being salt, bringing flavor, preserving, and making someone thirsty for Jesus. I sincerely hope, corporately, as our, this part of our church's vision, I sincerely believe with all my heart that Sunday mornings, I hope with all my heart, makes people thirsty for Jesus. Makes people thirsty for for salvation, thirsty for for what God's done in our lives, and we're we're exuding that out into our community, and so people are like, you know, there's something different about that person. Thirsty, thirsty. Number two, we have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. We are the light of the world. Matthew five fourteen. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Back in September, we did a series called Glow. And we talked about glowing. And talked about how God's put His life and light in our hearts. And I think it's just such a, an amazing concept of 
glowing and not blinding. Because much of the world looks at the church and looks at Christians like, okay, what? You're, you're blinding me instead of glowing and being drawn towards that glow. You're the light of the world. See, the hill cannot be hit. We're the, we are the light of the world. You go to this next scripture. Philippians 2, 4-15 says it this way, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Isn't that awesome? I think, what is it, the Golden Globe, uh, Globe Awards are coming up? Or some kind of, do you guys watch TV? Um, I think those shows and the, the award shows are so stupid. Right? This is the dress she had on. My wife would disagree. And she's like, that's an awesome dress. But here's my thought in that. Here's my thought. My thought is God created us to shine. So we have the need to want to shine. Philippians 2.15 So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Wow. I'm going to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. Am I shining or am I blinding? It's a great question, isn't it? You go back to the point, look at that first scripture. We are the light of the world. Hashtag neighborhood. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world. A seat on the hill cannot be hidden. In everyday life, are you shining the light of Christ? Many of you know Dr. Roden and Miss Joan. Most of you do. He's a, um, just like an elder in my life. and He's a very, very important people to me and a mentor. Um, and he, he tells this story. It's a pretty cool story. And I was telling Steve I was going to share this today. And Steve and Joan know Dr. Roden and Miss Joan from way back. And he was like, yeah, I know what that house looks like. I've seen that house. And I'm like, ah. And I thought, I wish I would have seen it. And it's in the story, so stick with me. And, but then I was like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't see it, because in my mind I have this, this house, right? So Christmas comes, they decorate, and they put, and he shared this a couple years ago, they put this electric candle in the front window of their house, and then like all men, no one wants to take down the Christmas de- uh, decorations, right? Can I get some help? <laughs> Alex? You got a long arm. That counts for two arms, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And so she's Miss Jones like, Bob, you gotta take this stuff down. He's like, Alright. So they start taking stuff down. And um he was like, they had God had really challenged them to pray for their neighborhood. Just pray for, pray for their and she said, Hey, why don't we leave that one decoration right in the front window? Let's just leave that there. And every time we see that, we're gonna say, you know what? We're going to pray for our neighborhood. So they, they began to pray for their neighborhood. And unbeknownst to them, there was a, a gentleman in their neighborhood. And if I said his name, you would know it in a heartbeat. Most of you, anybody that watches news. And if, yeah, and if I told you who he worked for, you'd know it. He was caught up in a whirlwind of hell, induced by himself. And was facing prison time because of some decisions that he had made that were evidently illegal. And so he can't sleep at night. So he gets up at night and he walks around the neighborhood. He walks around the neighborhood thinking, what am I going to do? 
What am I going to do? As he's walking around the neighborhood, he would look look down the end of the street towards Dr. Roden and Miss Jones' house, and there's this light in their window. And it would just tick him off. Why? Those people didn't take down their Christmas decorations. What's wrong with them? So just as it was unbeknownst to Dr. Roden and Miss Jones that they were praying for the neighborhood, it was unbeknownst to this man that the reason that light was there is because they wanted to be a light in their neighborhood. Praying every night, Lord, whatever's going on. And they would take prayer walks. They would walk around and they'd pray. And so it got so bad for this gentleman. Millions and millions and millions of dollars in the bank. But it was all crashing down. Crashing down. It got so bad that he decided, you know what, I'm going to devise a plan. And I'm going to figure out how to kill myself where it doesn't look like I killed myself. That's a bad state of mind, isn't it? Some of us in this room maybe have been there before. And so he formulates this plan and the night that he's going to put this plan into place, he gets up, can't sleep. He's, the next day he's doing the deal, walks around the block. And he looks over at that stupid light. And, and he just broke and said, God, if you're there, I need help. And he, he walks up to some accountants, crawled up to the door. Dr. Roden opens the door and looks down and says, I've been praying for you. Didn't know him, but knew that he had been praying for him. And you know that guy's family's been restored? He did some time in prison, not as nearly as much as he, he was facing. Loves the Lord God with all of his heart. He is on fire for God. Because somebody said, you know what? I'm going to leave a light on. And that's like a Motel 8 thing. I'm going to leave it. Yeah. <laughs> it is, I think. Yeah. Think about that. Are, are you shining a light in the world that God's placed you in? When you go to the fire station or the school or when you go to the office place, is there a light shining out of you? When you come home from work, is there a, a light shining out of you to your family? Is We're called to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. That's part of our vision. And that's us being us. Good? Number three. We are called to help shed a godly perspective. Hebrews 5.15 Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Psalm says it like this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And then Micah 6, eight, which we'll come back to. He has showed you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Back to the point. We have a vision to represent Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. We are called to help shed a godly perspective. So in other words, if we're a light... What, what's that light shedding? Like, if we're a light, then if, if my light shines on someone else's life, then I'm going to see what's going on in their life. But they're also going to see what's going on in my life. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
This is the kind of light that we talked about in Glow. This is a light that it's not like, look at me, I'm perfect. Look at me, I go to church. One out of every four Sundays. <laughs> look, look at me. Hey, me, me, me. No, it's not that kind of light. This is kind of light of, hey, what's going on in your life? What's going on in your house? I don't have it all figured out, but I do have a few things that I've learned over the past few years of my life, and maybe I, maybe I, I could help you. And then you go into Psalms. How, how do we do that? Go back to Psalms. Yeah. So, how do we shed a godly perspective on people around us? The Bible. And I know some of you are like, dude, is he going to say that every week? I'm just reminding myself that I need to read the Bible. So you're just along for the ride, I guess. Yeah. I mean... Think about all the things I do in my, my life and very busy but doing stuff I love. And then the times that I leave out the Word of God in my life are the times where things get really, really squirrely. Right? They, they get kind of crazy. For sure. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. So if I'm, I'm going to shed a godly perspective on people that God has put in my life, the only way to shed a godly perspective is through the Word of God. Because I don't have any answers. That's why I don't counsel. I'll meet with you. I'll pray with you. I'll love on you. But I, I, I don't have anything to give you. I, like I'm a, I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. All I have to give you is what I get out of this Word. All you have to give the world is what you give out of this Word. Right? You're you're a conduit. As a Christ follower, you are a conduit of this Word. I'm going to give what I get, and I can only give you what this Word says. I'm telling you some awesome way to stay out of trouble. Seriously. In my line of work and in your line of work, it's an amazing way to stay married, to be a decent mom or dad, because I still did, I never figured that one out. I think I did a decent job, but yeah, decent would be good. My wife's like, great job. Neither one of my kids are here today, so I don't know what they would vote. But no, no, we only can give what we put in. Do you hear that? God can't bring it out of you if you don't put it in you. You, sh- you can't shed a godly perspective on someone else's situation if you don't have a godly perspective. And a godly perspective comes from the Word of God. Here's where it's awesome. This is where life is really cool as a Christian. You get to know somebody. You get to know somebody... And they begin to trust you. They begin to trust you so much so that they understand that you know the Lord. Business associate, maybe, whatever. Like another dad on a baseball team, another mom on a baseball whatever. But they begin to trust you. And you build this relationship. And one day it happens. And this is awesome. This is like, mm. And I, I hope you take this with you because this is representing Christ in every neighborhood on the Space Coast. Hey, you want to go to lunch? You go have coffee or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. And you sit down. And then all of a sudden, it comes out of their mouth what's going on in their life. 
And at that very moment, you remember, this morning, I read in my devotion. You don't tell them that. But God says, in your, in the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart and says, Woo! Home run! And you look at them and you go, you know what? Let me just tell you how I would handle that situation. Like, let me just tell you. And you take it straight out of the Bible. You don't quote scripture. Stop that. Don't stop that. That's awesome. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to read it before you can quote it. But, but all of a sudden, in your heart, something wells up. And it's like, hey, man, let me just tell you. This is what this is what the Bible says about that, or this is what I feel about that. And you want to talk about, I mean, home run, out of the park, one-handed catch, 300-yard drive, Wahoo on the line, um, be the biggest buck ever. I don't know. That's just my mind thinking. <laughs> Way better than that. God just used you to help somebody. And the way he did that was through his word. And the only way he can do that is if you had read that word. How are we going to share a godly perspective on the world? How are we going to help people to understand, hey, his word's a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. I had a dream last night, this morning. I can't remember when it was because I don't sleep very well anyway, if you can't tell. And in my dream, I was dreaming that I was preaching. Probably because this morning is Sunday. And I was, as I was preaching, I was just quoting Scripture. And in my dream, I was quoting Scripture. Like, bam, 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 like 30 of them. And I woke up. And I woke up because my dog's licking his leg. That dog kills me, man. I was like, you, you, yeah. You just killed God's dream. <laughs> and, and God's like, no, you only know 30 scriptures, so that's it. <laughs> and I was in that dream, and in my mind, I'm quoting these scriptures, and, like, and it's really happening. And I woke up, and I had such a peace. And I was like, oh, wow, God. Wow. And I know this to be true. There is no way in the world that anything can come out of our mind unless we put it in there. The Holy Spirit can't bring back a scripture that's going to comfort you when all hell breaks loose unless you've already put it in there. Read the Bible. If we're going to shed a godly perspective on the people that God's placed us in their lives, read the Bible. I dare you to try it. See, because tomorrow a lot of us will get up and we'll put our corporate uh, clothes on and we'll put the, the, the mode on and we'll go out and we'll like, you know what, i got to charge this. And you should charge it. You should. People ask all the time, why don't you guys take Monday off? Monday, besides Sunday, is the most important day in the, in the week. Charge it. But I dare you to charge it filled with the Word of God so you can do what God's called you to do and at any given moment, hey, yeah, let's go have lunch. Let's, let me shed a godly perspective on what you may be going through in your life right now. Isn't that good? What a brilliant way to live. What an amazing way to live. Next thing. Next thing. Last thing. Next to last thing. I'm just kidding. This is the last thing. I'm joking. We are called to serve our neighbors through our good deeds. Matthew 5, 16. 
In the same way, let your light shine before men, and they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We'll stop right there. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Wow. I'm going to ask myself this question as I ask you. So no condemnation here, obviously. You all know that I'm a very real person. When's the last time you did something really, really nice for somebody not expecting anything back? That's a good question, isn't it? You can start with your spouse, your kids, move it out to the neighbors, co-worker. When's the last time you did something really, really, really nice for somebody with no motive? We're called to serve our neighbors through our good deeds. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. I'm so crazily ticked off at people who do nice things for other people and then they want to know, they want everyone to know what they did. I I was talking to a, a missionary not long ago that was telling me that he would have pastors come in to where he was ministering and they would say, They would say, hey, can you take me to a really poor part of town and get some really good pictures with these kids? And pictures are great because we need to know what missionaries are doing. But if that's your heart, what the world's wrong with you? Like, how how does that even compute with what God's trying to do through you? A good deed says... I don't even need to be seen. I do not even need to be seen. I don't really need anyone to know that I was the one that blessed you. I was the one that dropped the groceries off. I was the one. I don't, I don't even need. And, and we hate that. Right? We hate that in the sense that we need to be seen. And Jesus is like, hello. Look what I did. Don't. Just do. Just do it. Why? So that, so that people will know God in heaven. What a what an awesome way for a church to live. I mean, I don't have time to go into what's going on here every day, seven days a week, and how we're ministering to people. But it's not about Coastline Community Church. It's about just doing what the Bible tells us to do. We don't have to jump up and down and make a commercial for West News saying, we just fed a bunch of people. Look, let me put it to you this way. This will be stupid for some of you, but in the first service God gave me this, I'm going to give it back to you second time. What if you went through a green light? And once you got through that green light, Mike, you went through the green light, and once you got through, you're like, yeah, I went through a green light. Take a selfie. Bam. (laughs) Put on Instagram. I just went through a green. That's what you're supposed to do if it's green. (laughs) Right? You're actually supposed to push the right pedal if the light's green. It's 
what you're supposed to do. And so why as Christians and in the Coastline Community Church, why should we look for any praise from anybody else? Because we're just doing what the Bible says we're supposed to do. Why? why like, let's, let's just do it. Because the good book says do it. Let's just feed people and clothe people and check. So here's a challenge before we end the service today. Here's a challenge. Is there someone in your neighborhood, at work, in your sphere of influence that you can serve? Is there someone that you could do something for with no motive attached except to show the love of God? Because that, my friend, is being the church. And when you do that, you and God, not anybody else, but you and God can get in that car and see the green light of the Holy Spirit and say, yes, God, thank you for using me. Thank you for doing that for me. I tell you, Raina and I, over the years, we love to bless people and, you know, we do things for people or, or whatever. But the most amazing times in my own life, I shouldn't speak for her, in my own life, I get a really nasty feeling when I, I'm tempted to be prideful for doing something and like I want to tell somebody in, in opposition of those times where I just do something and nobody knows and you're just like, yes, I just serve that person. I just serve that. And, and man, God smiles on that. And God obviously three times today and four times soon is smiling on our church because that's what we're about because that's what you're about Coastline Community Church vision is a vision only because it's your vision wow let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven we don't want anybody to see us we want them to see Jesus we want them to see like that's that's the whole idea you look at what, how, how the Bible puts it right here in this next scripture. This is talking about Jesus. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for me. Jesus modeled servanthood for us. All through the Bible, I mean, He modeled servanthood. That, that's what He did for us. All the way to the point where he would wash the disciples' feet, even the one that betrayed him. Crawled himself up a hill with a cross on his back and was crucified. Even though he had the ability to call out to a legion of angels saying, Hey, come get me. I'm, I can never picture Jesus saying, I'm over this. Seriously. And that's what we do because we're humans, right? I'm so over this. I just can't see Jesus saying that. Because He didn't. And He didn't so that we could be in this room today, thousands of years later, redeemed, restored, forgiven, yeah, sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's where we part ways today. Here's the thought. Have you taken advantage of what Jesus Christ did for us? Have you taken advantage of what God did for us by sending His only Son? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Because the Bible, salvation is clearly a faith issue. 
You can't get sprinkled with water. You can't do enough things. You can't go on enough trips. You can't serve enough people. It's about you in your heart believing and putting faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Tell you what, man, in the first service this morning, people raised their hands and it was, it was awesome. And I know we're talking about vision and we're talking about being a light, but it's amazing when you talk about this kind of stuff and then people are like, you know what? I'm, yes, I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus in my life. And for those of us in this room right now that would call ourselves Christians, there was a time where we, we said that. I need Jesus in my life. Something's not going right. I, I need a change. I need Jesus in my life. Would you bow your heads all over this place? If that's you and you're in this, in this room today and you're hearing my voice, or if you're online right now, and you're hearing my voice. I just want to tell you I'm nothing. But God wants to tell you you're everything to Him. So much so that He sent His only Son to die for you. So if you're here this morning, you go, you know what? God's knocking on the door of my heart. I really feel that right now. I feel God challenging me. And I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I need something to change in my life. And I'm realizing right now, I need to put my faith in Jesus. But the Bible says the only way to be with God for eternity is put, put your faith in Jesus. That's the Bible. That's not Jason. If that's you, nobody's moving, all heads are bowed. If that's you, would you slip your hand long enough up for me to see it? I see your hand. That's all. I see your hand. Anyone else? I, I need to know Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? I need to know Jesus Christ is my person. I see your hand, buddy. I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need, I need to do that. I feel God knocking on the door of my heart. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. <laughs> Anyone else? And I don't want to rush through this time. At all. I need to know Jesus Christ in my heart. Look, if you, if you raised your hand right, right where you're sitting, right there, do this with me. Nothing magical about this prayer, but it is just you committing your life to God. And then when church is over today, would you go out to the tent and get a Bible, get a devotion, maybe meet somebody It's on the East Lawn, but right there where you're sitting right now, would you just pray this prayer with me? Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me, and thank you that right now at this very moment, you're making me into a new creation. And I'm confessing in my heart that I believe Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. But I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. They placed Him in a grave and He rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe that He's in heaven and He's coming back for me one day. And my belief and my faith in Jesus, God, based on Your Word, says that right now I'm being made into a new creation. And I thank You for that. And I love You for that, God. And I ask that today will be the start of an amazing, an amazing journey. In Jesus' name, amen.